This is an excerpt from Different Ways, Revealing the Feminine, by Seal, published 2020. Chapter 17, I'm Still Standing. We were sitting in the Rockefeller Forest in Humboldt County, all lined up on a fallen redwood log and lounging about the ferns, lunching. Carlo had brought some of the class to go see his property in the South County in a happy little outing. I happened to be sitting next to the renowned mime because I had enrolled in his school in Blue Lake, California to learn physical comedy, to be a clown, to be something or someone. I wasn't sure what I was doing there in truth, but it seemed like an inspired idea when I was in Portland and I needed to put that city behind me. I intended to find myself, but I was nowhere to be found. The Carlo Clemente International School of Mime and Comedy, a school of Commedia dell'arte, was chosen by me because of the theatrical training and the convenience. I could live with my sister nearby and use her car to get to classes. When I said I had nothing, I meant it. I had siblings, however, and they continued to support me in whatever I chose to pursue. Clearly, I was a mystery to them, but they all helped me at one time or another in my life. My other sister fronted me the tuition to attend the school. The children were safe with their father in Oregon. So it was that in 1979, I was eating a sandwich and sitting next to a famous mime on a redwood log. Carlo, in an unusual display of conversation, began asking all of us in his presence what brought us to the school. He listened intently to everyone's story while I squirmed in hopes he would lose interest by the time he got to me, because I really had no grand plans to be clowning in my future, and I had little experience in my past. Circa de Sol, had even been invented yet to inspire any grand aspirations. Clowning was not a going concern. I was moved by seeing Jacques Lecoq in experiences with Jersey Grotowski in Portland. So in my twisted mind at the time, it made sense to come to the school and study with Clemente Mazzoni. I had sense enough to know how crazy that sounded, however, and left off that line of truth. When it was my turn, Carlo happened to surprise me by asking me if I had children. I said yes, but they live with their father in Oregon. He asked how old they were, and I told him three and four. There was a stunned hush from Carlo. He put up his hand as if to stop everything, even though nothing moved. Even the redwood trees stood in attended silence and seemed to lean into his restrained alarm. You mean to tell me that you left your children to come to a school that teaches you how to be a child? My face flushed. It was true, though I had never thought of it that way. The grueling boot camp of a school was primarily focused on undoing the stiffness of adulting and tapping into the absolute joy of childlike presence. In the mornings, we would get up at 6 a.m. and begin our day by running through the little town the school was located in, hitting every park and school playground, 
doing monkey bars, teeter-totters, and chasing games. Then we would run back full tilt and work for hours in the school learning indoor playing skills, tumbling, story-relating, and such. I couldn't even juggle one ball. It was sad. This is the reality of physical comedy. It's for athletes. While I was athletic as a child, I felt tied in knots every day in this school. Mostly, I looked forward to the breaks when I could sit quiet and have a smoke. Clown school was no party, and if I was somewhere hidden entwined in or under those latent skills, I was not showing up to play. He turned away from me slowly, silently murmuring, My God. Dryly, he advised the Grove and my wary-looking classmates who now pretended a mesmerizing interest in their sandwiches and stated the now obvious that I should return to my children. I felt ashamed, but I knew the truth when I heard it. I needed to rethink what I was doing. Carlo had tossed me a pearl in his response, and I picked it up and I ran with it. I was the very first dropout of the Carlo Clemente International School of Mime and Comedy. Determined to turn my affairs around, I got my sister's blessing and added the boys to my stay with her and hitchhiked up Highway 101 to try and get my kids back. I would bring them back to my hometown and start all over. Clean slate. I arrived in Portland, Oregon and slipped into the Goose Hollow Inn for a drink to calm myself and figure out what to do next. I watched in shock with everyone in the tavern as the TV cameras swept across the newly dead and swollen bodies of the People's Temple mass suicide in Jonetown, Guyana. I felt a fissure form, like when the earth quakes and shifts, releasing a darkness from a great depth. Seeing that kind of human sacrifice seemed to rip open a brand new level of evil being let loose in the world. There was a foreboding. A friend in Portland put me up as I made the arrangements to attempt to retrieve my children from their father's custody. We were still technically married. No one had made a move towards divorce. I made my request. I boldly asked for a train fare so we could return to California. My husband, weary from trying to find girlfriends who wanted a man with two babies in tow, agreed to let me have them and to pay for our transport. I slipped in and grabbed those kids like a stealth bird of prey and flew away with them again. My nerves were raw as we traveled south on the train, arriving in the middle of nowhere in the pre-dawn hours with no prospects and an unknown future. I was exhausted. And still there were six hours until the bus left for the long ride across the mountains to my home on the coast. I used my last few dollars to get some snacks for the boys and a hotel room just to lie down for a few hours. I handed the kids over to Fred Rogers and Jim Henson and collapsed on the bed, an absolute exhausted mess. Did I mention the children were three and four years old? It was the right thing to do to finish what I started in having children. Also, there's rarely any question of what to do when you put others first all the time as a mother is wont to do. 
There was some relief in having the job of finding myself being placated. It would keep until the boys were older. Also, I loved them. They needed me, and I found strength and enjoyment in the organics of caring for them. In fact, my love for them held me to the fire, and I'm forever grateful to their stepping in as my children in this life. They taught me service and the joy of cultivating my giving nature. This was something I needed to spend years with to understand. Clearly, without them and left to my own devices, I would have fallen very hard upon my circumstances. Thank you.